Last week I shared a little bit um, about how marriage was the will of God and that if you desire to be married, uh, it is actually a desire that comes from God and that you can have faith for uh, finding your spouse. When you know the will of God, uh, it's a foundation to have faith. And so you can trust that God is working with you uh, to connect you with the right person. And so this week I want to go in and talk a little bit more about just some practical things about dating and marriage. And uh, those of you that are married, it's still applicable if you have children. And uh, if you have singles in your life that would like to be encouraged in this area of believing God. And so, you know, when we're looking for guidance on dating and marriage, the best place to look is to start with the word and, and to get our idea of what um, dating should look like and what marriage should look like, specifically from the Bible. What does God have to say about this subject? Because if he says that something should be done a certain way, it is actually for our benefit. It's not to um, steal from us. It's not to make things harder on us. You know, when I was a teenager, before I had certain understandings, sometimes I felt like being a Christian meant that you were missing out on all the fun. That, you know, everybody would go down to the river and party and get drunk and get pregnant and drop out of school. And I just thought I was missing out on so much. You know? <laughs> and then as I got older, I began to realize how much I was saved from <laughs> Just, I, I didn't have some of that baggage going into, uh, you know, my 20s. And so I just want to encourage you tonight that if you look at the way that God does things in his word, not as something that's trying to hold you back or to be, you know, just, that's just tradition and it doesn't work for today, I just want to encourage you that if it's in the word and it's from God, it means that it's for our good and we actually are going to enjoy the benefits and reap the benefits of doing things his way. And so uh, we right now have a culture that kind of goes against some of the biblical principles and it can be kind of confusing for people, especially if they haven't heard what the word says. And so that's why we're touching on this tonight. Um, there, so there's a couple questions that singles may have, um, and I just want to kind of go at this and, and kind of explain, like I said, kind of from the word, from the biblical. If it's just me quoting my opinion and kind of the way I think that things should be, you know, that's not anything to stand on. But if you can see it for yourself from the word, if it's something that makes sense to you, then you can stand on it and you can reap the benefits of it. And it's not just that you know, Shelley said this, but it's that, okay, I can see from the word that this is going to be for my benefit. <clears throat> so first thing that we're going to touch on is what is the purpose of dating? Why should we date to begin with? And the answer to that would be dating is uh, to get married. You are getting to know somebody and trying to decide if that person is uh, somebody that you would want to spend the rest of your life with. It's just that simple. Uh, you know, if you have made a decision that right now it, you're not ready for marriage, there's really not a reason to date. 
Um, it'd be better to just kind of hang out with a group of friends, do things, and just have a good time that way. There's no reason to have an intimate relationship with an individual that you do not intend to marry because it just puts you kind of in an awkward situation. Um, when you are in a dating relationship, there tends to be a natural passion that begins to be experienced to be between people. And if you're not thinking about marrying someone at that time, you are just leading yourself towards a huge temptation. And it's like trying to go down a cookie aisle when you're on a diet. <laughs> you know, if it's not something that it, you want to just put yourself in, in a situation that's going to be awkward. A lot of times, too, um, if you're just dating, like casual dating, somebody's going to get hurt because usually there's one person that is not as casual about it as the other person is. And so hearts tend to get broken because we're, we are made, God created us to have a desire to, to be joined together with someone. And so when we are just casually dating, somebody usually... It, it, inside of them, there's this desire to make it more than just that casual. And so it becomes a frustration. And so uh, we want to esteem relationships the way that God esteems them and value them the way that he values them and not to be trite with things, not to be trite with the hearts of other people and just easily toss people aside just for a good time for one evening or whatever. So you, we want to think of things and value things the way that God values them. So uh, um, when should you start dating? A lot of times parents get that very early when a child is younger, and you're like, okay, so how do you answer that question? When are you ready to get married? Because if the purpose of dating is to lead towards marriage, then maybe that's where we should start it, is when we're actually ready to uh, start looking at dating or getting married. So in middle school and in high school, you're, a lot of parents will start getting that question, when can I date? Well, so-and-so is dating, and so-and-so has a boyfriend. And it's one thing that if it's a little crush or something like that, but what begins to happen, though, is our kids are getting bombarded with all sorts of things at a very young age, and you, they don't necessarily have the emotional capacity uh, you know, to understand marriage to begin with, and you start having them playing with those ideas and those concepts. And again, it begins to make uh, what God intended as precious and intimate as something that's just trite and just, you know, not important and, and not valuable. And so as parents, we can begin to explain to them at a, at a young age, look, you are saving your heart for a special person that God is going to connect you with so that you can run together, so that you can have be one together with, with that person. 
And it's a special gift that you are, that you are giving to somebody else. And so you don't want to give it to 15 people along the way. You're saving it and you're giving it for a special person that is going to come into your life at the right time. And so these are things that we can begin to start talking to our children about. Start relaying these things to them. Um, is it okay to marry someone that is not a Christian? You know, again, these are things that sometimes our, our kids will begin to ask us. And, you know, a lot of times Christians can be made fun of because, well, you only want to date a Christian? Well, that, like, limits the field quite a bit. But, you know, uh, let's look at a scripture on this. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 6.14. What, what does the Bible say about this? It says, do not be yoked together with unbelievers, for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? You, you can have hobbies and interests and things like that in a natural way that you have in common with uh, somebody that may not be uh, a believer, but the foundation is unstable when there's not a, a unity in your Christian faith. The most important area of your life is not going to be understood by the person that you are dating or eventually marrying. And so your souls may connect, but your spirits do not. And so that makes a difference when you are in a relationship with someone. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 15, 33. It says, do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. And you're going to say, well, just because they're not Christian, does that mean they're evil? That's not exactly what this is saying. It's that if you're a Christian and you're choosing to go to church, you're reading your Bible, you're praying, you do not get to share that experience with the person that you're dating or your spouse if you end up getting married. It's a lot harder to keep focused on the things of God when your spouse would rather go to the beach on Sunday or, you know, do some other activity on the weekend, it's hard to stay centered and focused on what you believe and what you are thinking when you are in fellowship with somebody who does not have those same values. And so um, the other thing to think about is what direction will your children go? If you are wanting to be a Christian, you are probably going to want to raise your children as uh, being followers of Christ as well. If that's not important to your spouse, there's a disconnect. And who are they going to end up following? They, they now can say if they don't want to do something, well, you know, uh, the other person doesn't do it. Why do I need to? And it just kind of puts this thing uh, that you at odds with the person that you're with. Um, having, or let's look at Proverbs 31, 30. Again, just, uh, is it okay to marry someone that is not a Christian? It says, charm is deceitful and beauty is, is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And uh, this is just saying that having a wife or a husband that fears the Lord is to be praised. You know, if you, it, it is a good thing. Uh, to have somebody that is focused on the things that you 
are focused on. It just makes life easier. It makes life a lot easier. In my experience of you know just being a pastor's wife and seeing things over the years, um, I have seen people date unbelievers, and um, a lot of times the the idea is that if I date someone that isn't a believer, they are going to get saved because I'm going to witness to them. <laughs> and so it's going to be okay. And they're going to change. And so, uh, yes, it's true that people can change. And sometimes they have changed. Uh, but a lot of times, if they don't change while you're dating, they're not going to get cha- they're not going to change once you're married because the time that a person is most motivated to change is when they are trying to wow you and so if they're not going to make it to church or read their bible or do things while you are dating it's definitely a lot easier for them not to make that the priority once you get married and so that's another reason why it's good to be looking at those kind of things before you get married instead of after you get married. All right. All right, so here's a really um, maybe an uncomfortable subject to talk about. What about getting married versus living together? You know, uh, should we try things out to see if we're compatible? It's definitely huge in society. People do it all the time. Uh, So is that right? Well, I could give you my opinion, but I figured this is a really good one. Let's go straight to the Bible. (laughs) Let's look at Hebrews 13, 4. Let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. So uh, let's go straight on to Proverbs 5, 18. May your fountain be blessed, and may you rejoice in the wife of your youth. Let's go on to 1 Corinthians 7, 2. Nevertheless, because of sexual immorality, let each man have his own wife, and let each woman have her own husband. And then finally, let's look at 1 Corinthians 7, 9. But if they cannot exercise self-control, let them marry, for it is better for better to marry than to burn with passion. So you can see that God is not setting up marriage as a try-before-you-buy proposition. Uh, it's one of those things that you date, you find out if you're compatible with this person, if, if you have a peace about things, and then you choose to get married. That's a decision that you make together. It's not a one-person decision. It's a two-people decision. And then once you make that decision, Matthew 19:5 says, For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So God created marriage as the one relationship that is the closest that we should actually have toward, like that is similar to our relationship with him. There is 
a love that is shared, a commitment that is made, that you're never going to leave them. You're going to death do you part till you, you know, you are stuck in it the rest of your life. It is an opportunity for God to uh, show his love. You can understand his love towards you in this relationship that you have with someone else. Again, if we go back to that thing, should I marry someone that is not a Christian? If you are married to someone that does not have the love of God in them, it makes it harder to fully experience the relationship the way that God intended for us to understand his relationship to us if, if we cannot have the love of God towards each other. And so we're, we're looking to um, not just decide like haphazardly, well, let's just try it out and see if it works. No, marriage is meant to be a lifetime commitment because there are things that come and pressures that come and that commitment is what you are holding fast to, and it makes you have to walk in love with that person even when they're not lovely, and even when you're not lovely. You're working it out, and to know that somebody, after they've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly of you, and they still choose to stick with you, you are like, okay, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> you know? And, and so we are getting an opportunity to experience that type of a commitment, that type of a love. And then when you are living together or um, not choosing to get married but have relationships anyways, when you choose to do that, you, you are not having that connection the way that God intended that connection to be. Um, so... A lot of times what I have seen over the years is that usually the one that is hurt in a living situation when people are just choosing to live together are the ladies. And the reason that is is because usually ladies are ready to get married before guys are. <laughs> and so uh, once a guy's, I'm just going to read this, once a guy's natural desires are being met, it is easier for the fears of commitment, for providing, for protecting, all those fears to begin to set in. And so when the compelling force in men that drives the relationship to move forward is already being satisfied, it's easier for time to keep passing by before the question is popped. So that's plain and simple. And I just have to tell you, I have seen it over and over and over where women are just waiting and waiting and waiting. And I'm like, you don't realize how powerful you are. You say no, he's going to pop the question. <laughs> or he's going to leave. And if he's going to leave, you didn't want him. So, because a lot of times, if they're only in it for that aspect of the relationship, then they're not going to be truly walking in love with you. And again, then the, the purpose of marriage, one of them, is to be able to have a relationship that exemplifies how God loves us, and we in turn love each other that way. So, anyways, we'll move on. 
What if I marry the wrong person? Let's look at James 1.5. This is something that the Bible gives us to give us hope, to know you're not going to miss it. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. You don't have to miss it in this area. If you need wisdom, you ask God, pray, ask him, is this right for me? Is this the right, is this what you would have for me? Is this the type of relationship you want me to be in? And he will speak to your heart. Let's look at 2 Timothy 1.7. A lot of times it can be kind of scary. You know, you're making this commitment for the rest of your life. But 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You have a sound mind. You have a sound mind. You're not being led by fear. God can speak to you, will speak to you when you ask. And it says that my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. If we are genuinely searching and wanting to be in the plan of God for our lives, he wants it more. He wants you in the plan of God more than you want to be in the plan of God. And so if you are about to fall off of a cliff, he's going to tell you. <laughs> he's going to warn you. He's going to say, stop, don't go any further. And so we can judge certain things by, is this fear that's motivating me? Or is this uh, the hand of God that is directing me? Is, do I have peace? Or do I have, or am I anxious about this decision? And as you go through that, you can know for sure if it's God's will for you to marry a person or not. He wants you to be in the right relationship. It's for his benefit. It's for your benefit. He has good things for you. All right. Uh, so how long should I date? Well, that is basically, you're, if you're dating to find out if you should get married to this person or not, you're dating until you figure out if this is a good person or not for you to be getting married to. You know, um, once you find out that they aren't the right one, you want to get out of that relationship. You don't want to stay in a relationship with somebody that you know is Mr. or Ms. Wrong because it just leads to confusion, and if you're not careful, you slide into a relationship and stay with something that is just holding you back from the right one. So if you know that something is wrong, get out. And then if you know that something is right, then you start taking steps towards it. So how long does that mean? Well, it's different for different couples. You know, so you, you decide that together as a couple. But you want to keep in mind that there is a physical passion that is taking place. And so, you know, you may not want to date for five years. It just is putting a lot of temptation <laughs> on a relationship, uh, you know, if you're trying to do things, um, you know, and keeping that, that special thing between a married couple. All right. Uh, so, should I choose my job or my church or a friend group based on finding my spouse? 
sometimes you see this happen, you know, where people will up and leave because maybe the youth single group um, doesn't seem like it has any prospects, so they're going to hop to the next church to see if maybe there's some other, um, you know, people that might fit the bill a little better. And so there's no one there, so then they hop to the next one. Or maybe they change their jobs because, you know, I can't meet anyone here, so I'm going to go to another job, and maybe there's someone somewhere else. And you can kind of see those different things. But let's look at Matthew uh, 6.33 says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. If you are following after God, you will be in the right place at the right time, and you will meet the right person. If your heart is hungering after God, he will put you where you need to be. Because, again, he desires you to be married more than you desire it. He's given you that desire. He's not evil that he would give you a stone instead of a piece of bread if you asked him for a piece of bread. He's not going to give you a, a spouse or a person to date that is not good for you. He's not going to put you in a situation where you're never going to meet the right person. As you're focused on him, he will put you and, and move you around to be in the right place at the right time. Uh, so trusting God versus trying to do it yourself. You know, there's a lot of times that people can begin to be anxious, like the time is clicking, you know, ticking away, and ladies especially, sometimes it's easy to start thinking, I'm getting older, and, um, you know, you can start to become impatient, thinking that God is not moving fast enough. And so, you know, if that is uh, the case, God will prompt you sometimes to make changes if you need to make changes. But he will lead you, and it will not be a drive. It will not be like, I have to, I have to, I have to. It will be a prompting that he is showing you, maybe you should consider this. Maybe you should look at this. Or he, was, he will never, like, make it where you're a that something bad is going to happen if you don't do this. That's not how God leads us. And so if you are feeling pressure because you are getting older, the thing that you have to realize is that if you are being motivated by fear, you can make a wrong decision. A lot of times what begins to happen is you begin to look desperate. You begin to look like a uh, Okay, you're moving. Are you the right one? And you don't want to kind of give that vibe out to people because a lot of times the ones that are uh, going to be attracted to that are not the ones that you are looking for. <laughs> they are not the kind of person that you want to spend the rest of your life with. So you want to trust God and pray, and you can speak the word over your dating life. We talked about this last week, some of the different things. We'll go over a few more this week. Let's look at Proverbs 31, 10, and 11. <clears throat> These are some of the things that you can trust God and, and say over your, pray and say over your life, expecting good, not failure, not 
you know, something that's never going to happen. If you're saying it's never going to happen, you're not lining up with your prayer that's saying, God, bring him to me, or God, bring her to me. And then you're saying, well, it's never going to happen. Well, your expectation is, is that it's never going to happen. So we want to stay hooked up with what are we praying. If we're saying, God, lead me, then we begin to say, God is leading me. I hear the voice of God. I'm in the right place at the right time, but I don't want to get too far ahead. So let's look at Proverbs 31, 10, and 11. A wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. So ladies, God is helping me to be a woman of noble character for the husband who is looking for me. He's looking for me. Men, what can you be saying? God is helping me find a woman of noble character that I can trust. Uh, let's look at Proverbs 18:22. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. So, ladies, the right man is finding me. It's as simple as that. He is out there. He is looking. He is finding me. And men, what would you be able to say on that? I am in the right place at the right time to find my wife. Let's look at Proverbs 19:14. Houses and riches are an inheritance from fathers, and a prudent wife is from the Lord. Ladies, I will be a prudent wife and a blessing to the man who is looking for me. <laughs> These are things that we can be saying. We are, we're building ourselves up, our expectation, based on the word, not based on us trying to do it in our own strength, but relying on his might, his, about, uh, his ability. As we put our trust in him, we are allowing him to work on our behalf. Our work, our job is to be trusting him that he is able to perform his word for on our behalf. That is a basic faith principle, but this is how we're putting it specifically towards believing God for a spouse. So, uh, men, what would you say for that? God is helping me to find a prudent wife. So, you know, men, it, you know, you, you have this job that you're looking. If you are um, expecting the woman to come and throw herself at you, there's certain types of women that you are going to get that may not be the type of woman that you want to spend the rest of your life married to. So you want to be also, uh, you know, it's a lot easier to for God to move you if you're taking steps <laughs> than if you're just stationary. If, if God is trying to move you and your feet are just stuck to the ground, you're either going to fall over or, you know, it's, it's not easy. to. But as you begin to take steps and allow him to direct you, he can put you in the right place so that this um, prudent wife is going to be found. She's, she's there. She's just waiting. But you, you have that part where you're looking and you're, you're seeking and you're finding. Um, let's look at Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. This is the God that you serve. 
It's thoughts of peace and not of evil. He is not going to set you up with Mr. or Ms. Wrong. That's not in his plan. He wants to give you a future. He wants to give you a hope. He is the foundation of that future and that hope in him. So as we are trusting him, God has a, a future planned for us, and in that plan is the right spouse. And so God is not holding back from you. He's not trying to help uh, make you do without. Instead, he is uh, gently leading and guiding as we allow him to. Ladies, he's, he's also helping us to be in the right place to be found, you know? Uh, I remember one time... Uh, Pastor Hagen and Mrs. Hagen, they have this marriage class um, that they do when you're a student at Rama, and you have to go out on a date with someone and of the opposite uh, gender to, you know, just talk for an hour and a half or so because their point was you've got to be able to talk to the opposite gender in order to even find out if, if you know, you can, if you're compatible. If you can't talk to them, that's that's not going to help you. <laughs> and uh, one thing that they used to also say is like, if all you do is stay in your apartment and pray all day, you're not giving God a lot of opportunity to put you in a place <laughs> to meet someone else. And so, you know, you're, as you're doing different things, you're, you have hobbies, you have interests, you have different things. You're allowing yourself to be found or to find, depending on if you are the finder or the, the one being found. So, you know, uh, there are certain places that are naturally better to find um, Christian, good, godly Christian people. Church is an awesome place. Um, you know, um, there's other places that you probably all can think of that probably would not be good to go to to find a spouse because that's not what they're looking for. They may be looking more like for a one-night stand. So depending on, you're, you want to be in the right type of place to find the right type of person. And so uh, I want to state this. Never settle for mean or abusive people. If they're mean, if they're abusive, they're not the will of God for you. God would never put you in a relationship with somebody that's going to take advantage of you, that's going to hurt you. That is not the love of God. That's not how he loves you. He wants to set you up with somebody that is, again, going to be an extension of his love for you. They... They will not be perfect. They will probably get on your nerves sometimes. You will probably get on their nerves sometime. But at the same time, it is the closest thing to uh, a, a, a relationship that we can have with God is what we can have with uh, a spouse. And so um, just throwing that out there, do not settle. If you know without a doubt that that person is abusive, when you're dating, get out. You don't want to be a statistic. You don't want to be someone that is hurt 
because you thought that was the will of God for you. That is not the will of God for you. He would not lead you that way. All right, and the final thing that we're just going to talk about is preparing ahead of time. You know, while you are waiting, while you are, you know, you know, biding time until you meet that special person, uh, we want to develop a mind, um, a godly mindset of what marriage is. There's a lot of ideas out there of what marriage is. You can look on TV shows and you can get all sorts of crazy ideas that don't line up with the Bible at all as to how a marriage should look. But if you go to the Bible, he will explain to you and you get a head start. You can find out ahead of time uh, what you want your marriage to look like, and you can begin to have that kind of thought, those kind of thoughts as you're going into marriage. Uh, preparation time is never wasted time. So you may be thinking, well, you know, I'm, I'm such and such age, and I've been waiting a long time. Well, then you're very prepared, and you're going to have a very good relationship, right? Because you've been being prepared for a long time. So that person's going to be doubly blessed or maybe seven times blessed, depending how long that you've been waiting. <laughs> so they're going to be blessed and you are going to be blessed. Uh, you know. So let's look at 1 Corinthians 11, 8 and 9. These are just thoughts to think of what should a marriage look like? What what is a foundational truth? How does God see marriage? All right, so for man is not from woman, but woman from man. We'll go to the next one. Nor was man created for the woman, but woman for the man. This is a really touchy thing in today's society because I'm telling you, there have been abusive men. So it's really hard sometimes for women that have been in abusive relationships to think that they want to put themselves under another man. But I'll tell you that if you have a godly man, it is a two-way street. But there is a blessing. God did not put this verse in the Bible for, uh, to ruin your life, to make your life miserable. He put that verse in the Bible because it puts order in things. Somebody has to make the final decision sometimes. And so it's a wise man that takes counsel from his wife. But ultimately, if that household is following after God, it should be the man's leading it. And a lot of times it's the lady leading it. But it should be the man leading that household after the things of God. And so if they are leading that household after the things of God, they are going to treat their wife with respect and honor as the weaker vessel, because that's how the Bible describes us. That doesn't mean that we can't handle a lot, because if you see Proverbs 31, that woman does not look weak. All right, so just saying. <laughs> So let's look at 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. This is a great scripture to understand what love really is. So love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. 
does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Uh, Verse 8 says, love never fails. So, if you are waiting, and it seems like you're waiting and waiting and waiting, you could go your whole life trying to perfect that and never perfect. <laughs> so there's stuff, there's work that can be done while you are waiting, it, getting your heart prepared, getting your ideas of, I'm not going to be easily provoked when they do something that really is irritating me. I'm not going to get provoked. And you know what? Uh, no one's going to live that out perfectly. <laughs> so thank God for forgiveness And if you mess up, you go and tell the person, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Sorry goes a long way. Forgiveness goes a long way. It kind of like makes the other person's wall start to come down. You may still have, guys, you just have to know, women have emotions. (laughs) Guys have emotions too. But guys can sometimes be a little bit more, keep the emotions in check until they get angry. Then sometimes they have a hard time keeping the emotions in check. You know, you've heard, you see, you see, okay, anyways. But women have these emotions. So sometimes if you tick her off, it may take a little bit of time for her emotions to settle, but then she can forgive you, all right? <laughs> I'm just saying, it may not be like, you can see the truth and make the adjustment right away. And sometimes girl, the ladies just, they, they don't do that as easy. So just know they'll come around. They're made to come around. And if you're nice about it, they'll come around faster. <laughs> if you're mean about it, it may be a long time. But <laughs> anyways, going on, Proverbs 24, last scripture, 3 and 4. Through wisdom a house is built, and by understanding it is established. By knowledge the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. You know, while you're waiting, you are getting wisdom. Wisdom on how to create a home, an atmosphere uh, that makes the other person want to come home as well. And so this is not something that always comes overnight. It's something that you are, you are learning how to not be the contentious woman that's that dripping sound. You know, sometimes, you know, women have to learn how not to nag. And sometimes for some women with different personalities, it's easier than others not to nag. But for others, it's like that's what you see. And, and, you know, so sometimes God is preparing our hearts. He's moving in us. He's helping us to become what we need to be to experience that relationship the way that God intended, that marriage the way that God intended for it to be. It's a work uh, that you will have the rest of your life going towards to develop. But you want your marriage you know, five years into marriage to be better than the first year. First year, you're kind of still getting to know one another. Five years, they put up with you for five years. So you know that's pretty good. If they put up with you for 20 years, it's a keeper. (laughs) You know, (laughs) you don't stop then. Man, they have put up with a lot of junk, and they still said, I'm going to stay. So 
God intended for marriage to get better and better with time. And so what we do, though, now begins to set the stage for the marriage as it continues to go on. And so it's important to look at things based on the Bible, set things. I know you can do it like the world, but look at how messed up they are. Let's not do it like them. You're not going to get the result that you want. Let's look to the Word. Let's look to the Bible, do things His way, and then reap large. Reap large. Be, when, when everything is said and done and, and you're, you know, it's time to go on to heaven, you can say, I really liked you. I'll see you up in heaven. You know, rather than, oh, thank God I get a break. <laughs> you want it to be something where it's, you're enjoying it. Now, like I said, there's still going to be things that you walk through and you work through. But you esteem and you value that relationship that God has given you and put you in. And you do your part to walk in love, to be a blessing to the other person. And it will be reciprocated because that's what the word says. Love never fails. If you are walking in love, love never fails.